Real quick before we enter into the heart of God for us this evening, I want to bring us progress report on the land and building project. Um, we just want to show you how far we have come as we are about to move to the next phase of the delivery. So what you are seeing on the screen, we began with clearing um, the site. If you've been with us long enough, this site was purchased for 30 million naira. 30 million naira. Yes, you can clap. Don't worry, you can clap. And as we are looking at it, that is Okbaka, very close to the road. And the swamp boogie was busy walking. So the, the land is a little swampy, so that's why it's costing us a lot of money. Next slide. After the clearing, um, this is what our land looked like. In fact, there were, there were fishes. There were fishes in that place. Fishes. Fishes. In fact, if I had known, we would have set up a fish farm. <laughs> Praise God. So we cleared it, and then we began to sand fill. Um, so the land is sand filled. Yes. Between the clearing and the sand filling, we had to spend roughly about 3.5 million, 5.3.5 million community documentation. Some of those documentation are still ongoing, the drawings and all of that. Then the sand filling itself, we have done 193 trips as of today. Those 100, yes, you can celebrate God. Those 193 trips, trips have cost us 15 million as of today. So to bring us to this phase, we have spent about 48 million 550 naira. Come on, give Jesus praise. Um, we salute all our partners. All of you have been giving sacrificially. That's why we have made it this far. Before we show you the full 3D dimension of what our building is going to look like. We want to give you a snapshot so that you see what the future is going to look like. So this is... the Go back, go back, go back first. Let me explain something. So you see the bigger square, the bigger square is where the auditorium is, the pastor's office, um, it's a 1,000, we planned for a 3,000, but by the time we looked at cost implication, it's now 1,500, between 1,500 and 1,7 seater auditorium. We have a teenager's hall of about 500 seater. We have a conference room in that square place. We have a pastor's office. We have a studio, a musical studio. We have some good stuff, some good stuff there, yes. Then on the other side is where you have the children's church. There are four classrooms in the rectangular block for different ages of children. And there's a bridge. It's like Oyibo building. There's... So if you are in the children's church, you don't need to come out and go down. There's a bridge connecting both at the top, a glass bridge. Yes. So... Um, that small place in, the, in between the two buildings is going to have like a glass roof 
and a glass bridge so we can sit outside there and terrify the devil in prayer yes so bookshops parking lots under the building where you have the children's church we have some cars to park under it's, it's going to be beautiful it's going to be beautiful so this building you are saying is going to cost us roughly 750 million Glory to God. I like the way you responded. To this. I like the way. <laughs> because during the crossover, as I called the money, some people said, this man has come again. It means you, you, your faith has risen. And he who has begun a good work, he will perfect it. At the crossover, I announced to you that what we just need is 750 people giving 1 1 million. As I was just about to come to service, my brother in law who was here, he indicated that he wants to be among the 750, that we should not look for the 750th person, that we should look for 749. So he has already sent 1 million. So, um, me, I'm already, me and my wife, we're already among the 749. Maybe we'll take like four people, me and my wife. So, we trust God for his mercies. So, and you have 12 months. If you want to join the 1 million, you have 12 months. Because by the grace of God, cross over 2024. Behold here. So, media, give us the remaining slides. So that's what it's going to look like. That's the hall, 1,500. We're going to have a big LED screen, stage. Um, go further. And then this is what the front will look like, by the grace of God. Yes. As we are talking about the building, I feel the presence of God. So intense. It's a sign that... God will show us mercy. So can you pray one minute? Pray for all our partners and pray for this project one minute. All our partners that have given up to this point, may God bless them. All that are going to be joining us as partners, we need 749 people to give us 1 million each that God will also provide for them. Pray that you that has a desire to give, that God will also open doors for you. Pray quickly. Pray that this project will not need to struggle. As we are building, we are also doing crusades. Crusades cost money. God will provide. We will not struggle. It's not by power. It's not by mind. But by my spirit, says the Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. So if you like to partner, you can take the account details quickly and do as the Lord has blessed you. Don't be afraid. If I said 749 for 1 million, it doesn't mean that if it's 1,000 that God has blessed you with, you cannot give it. Give according as the Lord has blessed you. Praise God. Are you ready tonight? First Peter. First Peter, 
chapter is it chapter two now or is it chapter one? Let me be sure. First Peter. Let me be sure. Chapter one and verse thirteen. First Peter chapter one and verse thirteen. Praise God. Those of you who were here when the prayer session started and you joined us in the one hour of intercession before we went into praise and worship, uh, you would have noticed that at a certain point in the prayer session, Pastor Obaro began to bring certain perspectives that tied into the bulk of what it is that God has put in my heart at this time. First thing you would have realized is there is a connection between the glory of God and the holiness of God. So the weight of glory that you find in every generation is consequent upon the dimensions and the revelation of the holiness of God that a generation has been able to experience. If you've been in our circles long enough, you know that we have taught you that God can be known by theology and God can be known by practical experience. The essence of theological teaching or the study of God theologically is to lead you to a journey of personal experience. If your work with God stops at theology, then your work with God is incomplete. The full expression and the full dimensions of the Christian faith are heavily dependent on your ability to know God personally. What has affected the body of Christ in recent time in our generation is that the average Christian, and please don't be offended with me. I know that a lot of people are offended with me. I know a lot of people say a lot of things about me on social media. And... This is 2024. Just in case they are looking for an update, the update is, I don't care. That's the update. I don't care. My calling has conditioned me to preach the way I preach and to teach the things I teach and to emphasize the things I emphasize. In the body of Christ, not everybody is called to talk. Some people are called to do their assignment and be quiet. But some of us the anointing that is on my life, it comes with the jealousy of God. Is the way I'm built. There are things I cry about in my private personal place, I can't tell them to you. And I don't cry because I'm weak emotionally. My wife will tell you, I'm not weak emotionally. I cry because the weight of my calling will not allow me rest. Things that you, you call comedy and you laugh about, when I look at it, I hear God weeping. I can't sleep in the night. So sometimes the only way to find relief in my soul is to come and say the things that he's saying to me in the secret. So the truth about the modern day believer is the average Christian does not know God. And the consequence of that is there are two dimensions of God that have now become like lost acts in, in dealing with God. One is the fear of God. Two is the holiness of God. We don't know God as a holy God anymore. 
So there are people who claim to speak for God. There are people who claim to represent God. And basic things of scripture seem now like a big thing that we have to talk about. The Bible is very clear. Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. It's a simple teaching. You don't need Greek and Hebrew. It's simple. What fellowship has light with darkness? What communion has God with devils? What accord has God with Satan? It's there. It's basic. It's in the Bible. But the reason there's a lot of argument is because people don't understand that God is holy. And you see, as I began to engage God and ask him, how do we begin the year with Bible study? He said, the reason your generation is like that is because it's not enough to get born again. The second thing that must happen to you is that your appetites must reflect God's character. The reason the average Christian is the way they are in their work with God is because they have unholy desires. Unholy desires. All you need to do is study the Bible carefully and then you will find. It is littered all over scriptures. If you approach scriptures with an open and sincere heart, you cannot miss it. It is littered all over scriptures. Now when God calls a man to, to, to a relationship with him, the next thing, the way that man's life is going to be measured is, one, in your love for God. Two, in your knowledge of God. Three, in your enjoyment of God. Does your relationship with God bring you pleasure? Does God get pleasure out of you? And have you found pleasure in God? Number four, in your glorifying God. That is the essence of a man's life. To love God, to know God, to enjoy God, and to bring God glory. That is how lives will be measured. It has nothing to do with the quality of car that you drive or your bank balances. The question is, do you love God? The question is, do you know God? The question is, among all the options that exist available to man in the visible realm, is it God that gives you pleasure? Is he the one that brings satisfaction to your soul? And then, as you live on a daily basis, which kingdom gets glory from your daily life? That's the measurement of a man's existence. So when you are going to be weighed in the invisible realm, when a spirit is going to put you on the scale of measurement, the question will be, when your heart, remember I've taught you what your heart is theologically, that's your soul, is the seat of your essence, is your identity. When your heart is weighed, which love has priority within your soul? That's what will be asked. The one whom you call father, the one to whom you sing sweet songs, eh, this kind God, another one, no deal. Are you sure you know what that means? Is that a sweet song or that is something you are singing by revelation? Why do you think another one like God, no deal? Why? Why? Why do we say that God is in a class of, of one? That means there is nothing to compare him with. Nothing. He's in a class of one. He's not in a class of many kinds. 
is in a class of one. He has no competition. He has no comparison. He's self-existent. He's self-sufficient. He's God all by himself. You can't even begin to want to compare God to other gods. They are not in the same class. You don't understand what I'm saying. You can compare men. Men are on the same scale. So you can have a tall man, a short man, a black man, a light-skinned man, a, an Urobo man, and a Shekiri man, because there's a basis for measurement. They are all what? Men. But when you put God in the space of what you call gods, God says these ones, they are not even gods. Are you here? Because by the time you want to begin to classify God, 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 He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's not trapped by time and space. And the thing you call God, you made it with wood. And you need to carry it. So how do you measure what, something you need to carry to someone who is omnipresent? He can be in multiple places at the same time. So there's no basis for even comparison. He exists in a class of one. He's not their mate. So when we even begin, begin to talk about God, the reason they have a small g is just to give them, to deify them. But it does not mean that they are in the same class as the one that is called the Almighty. But the problem is, my generation does not know God. And the consequence of that abnormally is, your Christian life will be riddled by all kinds of caricatures and all kinds of struggles and all kinds of conflict. Because you will not know. If you don't know God, you will not know what is important to Him. If you don't know God, you will not know what it is that He considers as priorities. You see, this year, this year, 2024, if you have listened to what, we, what God said to us during the crossover here, and you took time to go and listen to our Father in the Lord, the Apostle Aramiel and hear the things that He spoke concerning 2024, you will know that this year is a year of deliberate consecration to God. Those of you on our social media platforms, I reeled out four items. And among them, you will see that there are critical things I mentioned there. Intimacy with God, consecration. Don't joke this year. Don't be a Christian that is involved in religious cycles that end in religious death. You are going over and over and over the same things, the same traditions, and it's not adding to your work with God. Instead, you are looking as if you are farther and further away from the possibility of apprehending God. The prize for the believer in this realm is all of God. If you can't trap all of Him, you have not yet fulfilled design. This, your vessel, is designed to host, host God. So in my private engagement with the Lord one of the nights, as I began to say, okay, oh God, what is wrong with us? Why is it that we have this inner spiritual sickness? This is my generation. Why are we like this? How did we arrive there? As when he began to tell me that the problem is with our appetites, our desires. Now, I've taught you before. Maybe we need to do refresher course because there are people here who may have not heard those teachings. I've taught you before that when we speak about holiness or holy, we're not just talking about pure or clean. 
We're not just talking about pure or clean. When we are talking about holy, we are talking about separate, different, distinct, holy, dedicated, holy. So the beginning point for the believer is separation from sin. That's how your Christian journey starts. You will first of all be separated from sin. The process of being separated from sin is what Ezekiel trapped when he said that he will call them, then he will sprinkle upon them pure water. He's washing. Your field is washed. And you are separated from sin. But that's not the end of the Christian life. Many Christians, that is where they stop their Christian journey. In separation from sin. That is what we call in theology instant sanctification. What did I call it? That is you are immediately sanctified. Separated. Alright? And that separation is from sin. But immediately after sanctification is immediate, sanctification now has to be continuous. It's a long life journey till you die. That continuous sanctification is now the separation unto the will of God. Are you here? So you are first of all separated from sin, and then you are now separated unto what? The will of God. The reason many Christians do not advance in their Christian journey is they are separated from sin. So their problem now is not immorality. Their problem now is not the, 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 the wickedness of this age. Their problem now is their inability to consecrate themselves fully to the will of God. So there are things that are not seen in themselves, but they are not holy. Are you here? Because they do not add any value in advancing God's agenda in your life. And these are the basic things that restrict the believer, constrict the believer, and make sure that the believer does not advance far on their journey of God. You see, bro, in the things of the Spirit, fellowship is impossible without compatibility. So when God says, be ye Holy is not a punishment, it's an invitation. When he says, Be ye holy, for I am holy, he's not trying to make life difficult for you. That thing is an access door. He's saying that if you want to have intercourse with me, this is the invitation, this is your gate pass. Because fellowship is impossible. Without compatibility. If you are going to know God and enjoy God, the requirement is that you yourself, you must be holy. That means you must be separated unto his will. You know, I was reading the Bible and the Bible says that Jesus made a whip and he came into the place where there were money changers in the temple. And he said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. 
My God. I began to ruminate on it. That thing, Jesus didn't say, my house shall be called the house of sacrifice. He didn't say, my house shall be called a house of teaching. As important as sacrifice is to the believer. As important as teaching, like we are doing tonight, is to the Christian journey. God didn't call his house a house of teaching. He said, my house shall be called a house of what? Why? Communion and fellowship. Communion and fellowship. Your Christian life will suffer a huge setback in 2024 if you do not make a deliberate choice to be separated unto the will of God. I need to ask you tonight, if, come, come, sir, come, 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 man of God. If this is you that is born again, and this is your friend in the office that is a non-believer, and we check the music he li you listen to and the music he listens to. We check your internet history and check his internet history. Check the things he watches and the things you watch. Check the things he loves and the things you love. Will there be a difference? How can you be same in appetite, same in life, same in desires, and yet you say you are separated. How is it that your separation at salvation did not affect your appetite, did not affect the things that you love? You know what the average believer wants? He wants to be separated from sin, but he doesn't want to be a slave unto God. He doesn't want the will of God to control his life. So he's born again. But the same things the unbeliever enjoys are what he's pursuing. They are the cravings, the secret cravings of his soul. So when a preacher like me comes out and says, eh, how can this have been done in church? He comes out angry. When, he, when he's supposed to say, ah, thank God somebody has said, he comes angry. And when you see him angry, you'll be wondering, this person died. He's angry. You know why? There's a secret lust he wants to satisfy. So at the back of his mind, he said, No, come spoil my market. Don't talk. So that we can secretly. This one does it publicly. He wants to do it secretly. Check the phones of the believers. All kinds of comedy, nakedness. Lewd conversations, immoral jokes, jokes with sexual innuendos, jokes with madness. And the believer can find within themselves the desire to laugh. Go and check our internet history. The same immoral things the unbeliever searches for online, you will find that the believer is not exempt. The appetites are the same. Location changed, but desire is still corrupted. Now, how can you advance on your journey to know a holy God if your desire is not yet holy? You know the problem, my brother? The believer does not know what is important. Huh? 
He thinks that what is important is to wear a good suit. He thinks that what is important is religious activity. So he's an actor in church. Every service, his pastor can write a testimonial concerning him. If you go to his church now and ask the pastor, who is your best worker? I say, Carl! He's Johnson. He's always around. Anything you tell him to do, he will do. Everything. But meanwhile, the most important aspect of his existence is dying. He doesn't know that the real thing about his life is what happens to his soul. And without holy desires, your soul will be a slave. The way your soul finds freedom and expression to become all that it has possibility to become in God is a separation unto the will of God. And I want to show you how that journey begins. It begins with desire. Sit down. It begins with desire. You know, it's a good place to ask ourselves tonight, a very good place to ask ourselves tonight, what are your secret cravings? You know why people don't want to be separated unto the will of God? When you want to begin to get serious with God, eh, He can demand things from you that will look like punishment. He can demand your ambition. He can demand your future. He can demand your comfort. And many are afraid to give him all. So we are free in church, but we are slaves at home. Slaves to TV. Slaves to mobile phone. How can something they gave you to make call be controlling your life? An inanimate object is in charge of your life. It controls when you sleep. It controls your joy. Imagine, inanimate object that does not breathe has made you a desert without water. That it is Facebook you looked and saw that your classmate got married and depression. Depression has afflicted you. From mobile phone, mobile phone, social media. What are your secret cravings when no man is watching? If God were to truly give you a financial breakthrough, what will you become? What will you metamorphose into on occasion of the Lord's blessing? What will you metamorphose into? This is part of the reason the Lord said this 40 days fast, the theme is springs in the desert. Because many, the reality of many people's soul is that that soul has become a wilderness, it has become a desert, it has become a wasteland. Ooh. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Hi, the presence of God is so sweet tonight. Okay, before I go to First Peter, let me show you something. Give me Isaiah 35. Are you getting blessed? Yes, sir. Isaiah 35 and verse 1. Because somebody in, this, in the congregation now is saying, man of God, is there a difference between the wilderness, the desert, and the wasteland? 
Because sometimes in scriptures you will find that these terms are used interchangeably. Many times in the scripture. When the Bible speaks about a wilderness, it's also referring to a desert. When it speaks about a desert, it's also referring to a wilderness. When it speaks about a desert, sometimes it's also speaking about a wasteland. But this is one scripture where these three words are distinctively used. So you see, the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as what? Now, we don't have the time, because this is not where I'm going actually. But if you go and look at the different words that are used here, the word that is used as wilderness means a place that is unhabited. That it has no human life living there. It's unhabited. The word that is translated wasteland, it speaks of a place that is patched. What did I say? Patched. You know a land becomes patched when it has been exposed to intense heat and then it becomes dry. So you have the uninhabited land, you have the patched land, or you can say the dry land, and then the desert is a place that is sterile. The word that is used there actually means sterile. You know what sterile means? Barren. Can't produce life. I read this scripture and the Lord said that this, this can be the condition of people's soul. Unhabited, patched, and then what? Sterile. Now somebody will say, explain. Have you read that the Bible says that the Lord does not dwell in temples made with hands? Where does the Lord dwell? Within us. The reason man was designed the way he was designed is for one major reason, so that man can host God. Are you with me? In Genesis chapter 2, all you need to do is study man's design. And when you study man's design, you will understand man's purpose. In Genesis chapter 2, after he formed the casing from the ground, what did he do? He breathed into man. And the Bible says he became a living what? Not a living spirit. Living what? Meaning that the true identity of man is where? His soul. Became a living soul. But that breath of God that was initiated into man is what gave man life. Indicative of the fact that the spirit dimension of man is God's educational facility to bring the soul of man into relationship with God. Are you with me? So the way God intends to bring your soul under government is that he will invade your spirit. That is what we call regeneration. Once your spirit comes alive, he now through your spirit begins to educate your soul. Through your spirit, he begins to teach your soul how to live, how to obey God, how to love God, how to learn the ways of God. That educational system is through the spirit. Meanwhile, another educational system exists. Very available. It's called the educational system of the flesh. This is why Paul said very clearly that you can either sow to your spirit 
or soul to wear your flesh. The investment you make for spirit education will be revealed in the results that your soul manifests. If you invest in spirit education from the spirit, what will happen to your soul is that it will have life and peace. The storms that are external to you will not have any effect on the state of your soul. But if you invest in the educational system that is flesh, the Bible says you will reap what? Corruption. Corruption. So when you look at the average Christian, as we are sitting in church now, the state of every believer is either life and peace, or what? Corruption. And those things are not in the flesh. The consequence of that thing, where you can find it, is in the state of the soul. That corruption will be reflected in their appetites, their desires, their cravings. Check around the average Christian now. There's a corrupted craving for sex. Corrupted craving for money. Corrupted craving for fame. People want to be celebrities. People want to be popular. They want to be everywhere. Because in becoming like that, they feel that that is the way they will be able to enjoy life. Meanwhile, that craving is powered by an appetite that came from the pit of hell. What is your secret craving? So let's go to First Peter. Ah, there's a problem now. Therefore, get up the loins of her. Help me. Okay. What Peter is talking about here is he was trying to teach the pilgrims that he was writing this letter to that your salvation that you received is precious one. Two, the hope of your salvation or the epitome of your, of your salvific experience is the salvation of your soul. So, I don't want us to start here. Let's go to verse 1 so that we read it together then we'll come here. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to who? Who is he writing to? Pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Next verse. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. In what? Hmm. Okay. For obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace be what? Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a what? How did he beget us to a living hope? What does this mean? It means that if Jesus resurrected you, death is not the end for you. Are you with me? There is a living hope. Next verse. To an inheritance. So, first of all, 
death is not the end for you, and then there is something called an inheritance. And what is this inheritance? It's incorruptible, it's undefiled, it does not fade away, reserved where? Ooh, these are the kind of scriptures I like to read. These kind of scriptures make me excited. What's that song um, that has been in my spirit for days now? Either by well wind, either by spear or arrow. Ah, Theophilus Sunday. God bless him. Give me NLT. I want this very simple so that nobody gets lost. NLT. And we have a what? Priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept where? What, what happened to the inheritance? Pure and undivided. Beyond the reach of change. Maravatabaya. So those of you who, what you are looking forward to is to walk the streets of gold in heaven. Eh? That is not what the inheritance is. The inheritance in heaven is packaged in the fact that the one whom you knew just by, you didn't know in full, you are going to see him face to face. You are going to have the privilege to sit in the council with God. And see the one whom your heart loves. The inheritance is full access to the divine. It doesn't change. It doesn't decay. Nothing affects it. It's called eternal life. Spending the rest of your life with Jesus. Verse 5. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive what? Wait, wait. Is he talking to unbelievers? Who is he talking to? Who did, what did he call them? Pilgrims. You know this is the same Peter that said there is a way to conduct yourself. When you live in this world, I think that is First Peter chapter 2 now. Or Second Peter 2. He said when you live in this world, you are expected to live as a pilgrim, as a sojourner. It's one of the postures of the sons of God. You are a pilgrim. You know that you are a temporary resident. He is now saying that even as a Christian, there is still yet a salvation you will receive. And that salvation will be revealed when? On the last day. Are you here? So when a preacher tells you that you cannot lose your salvation, he doesn't know that salvation is in three tenses. You are saved, you are being saved, and you shall be saved. So if you think that you are saved, that you are secured, he's saying that there is a dimension of salvation that will be revealed when? On the last day. And all will see it. Verse 6. So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead. Even though you have to endure what? You know the reason he says endure? I told you this before. It's because if you don't endure, you will lose your reward. Hmm? If it were easy and if it were automatic that everybody who goes through the trials will be successful, they will not need to announce that you need to endure. It means that there are some that will go through many trials, they will fail the test. And the consequence of failing means that you will not have a victor's welcome. There are many that when they arrive at the other side, they will not be arriving victorious. 
They will not be arriving as overcomers. They will be arriving with people as people with infirmities. And those little infirmities that they overlooked and they said were mistakes and were weaknesses will become the reason that they will be distanced from God. And God will say things like, I never knew you. He said, endure. Because on this side, you will have many trials. There are many things that will contend for the attention and the affection of your soul. There's a seduction in this world that has gained mastery, especially in my generation. It's called the seduction of this fallen world. This world continues to seduce men. And many souls have become entrapped in that seduction. The world seduces with its music. Seduces with its money. Seduces with its comfort. And many souls and I mean souls separated from sin have become trapped. Many trials. Seven. These trials, what will happen to these trials is part of the way to show that your faith is what? Genuine. Because there are some whose faith is fake. They are looking, their trust is in a God that they can use. Use him to marry. Use him to buy a car. Use him to get a job. But they are not prepared to surrender their lives totally to his government. He has no control over their soul. Their soul is, is free from sin, but is trapped under Satan. They will do anything for money. Including having sex with somebody they are not married to, just to get money. Including reducing their age and call it wisdom. People can do anything to grow their church. Do you know that there are places that they call church? You can sit there for years. You will never hear anything about the holiness of God. The Bible has been reduced to a marketing book. A book on how to market. On how to do business. They can teach you how to sell gala. From Galatians chapter 5. If God didn't send you to Ghana and you go to Ghana, you will say Gala. Levunama. Then they open scriptures. They can teach you. You can sit in a place for years and never really know what it means to be born again. Some of you are here now. You've ju you just grew up in church. You just grew up in church. Your parents were Christians, then you grew up in church, and then now you are, you, are, you are preparing to ordain you as a pastor. And you have never, ever given your life to Christ. You are not born again. Salvation is not the joining of a church. It's not the joining of a denomination. There has got to be a day where you believe with your heart and you confess with your mind. You see, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. That means if you survive the trials, we will know that you are living for something that is beyond this world. That is genuine faith. It's faith that has a trust in God that this life is not the end. What I suffer here is only in preparation for my resting place. Genuine faith. 
He says it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much what? And what? And what? Which day? Kai. That means, dear brother, when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world, there is going to be a praise service. People are going to be clothed with glory and honor. And it's not for everybody. You know where this praise is going to come from? Men who mocked you, they are going to look at you and realize that after all, you were not wasting. After all, your life was not useless. You know there are some laughing at you now that you are foolish. Foolish girl. People are sleeping around. You are saying you are saving yourself for husband. They see they save self for husband. In this modern day. Look at her. She says she's saving. My God. Come on now. Let me take you out. Let me spoil you a little. And then you enter your room and you are crying. Those same people are the ones that there's going to be so much praise. They are going to look at you and say, Ah. If I had known, this girl was so wise. He says there will be glory and honor. Glory is not in the size of a church. Hmm? I know when you see somebody wear a good shirt, now you say, Kai, I see the glory of God over you. Or God, that's not the glory. That's not the glory. When he says you, there will be glory, there's a, the Bible says we do not yet know what we shall be. But when he comes... Incorruptible will be swallowed up in incorruptible. This your the body we are going to take on is the same that Jesus took on that he walked through walls. Hmm? That they wanted to touch him. He said, Don't touch me, I'm not yet ascended. That body is the body that makes you legal where spirits dwell. You are going to take up a new kind of body. It's going to be a body of glory. And that day is when Jesus Christ is revealed to where? I'm waiting for that day. That's why me, I'm not concerned. And bro, in case you know them, tell them, I will keep talking. Is my calling. We won't stop. If in our speaking, a generation will be saved, we'll keep talking. Verse 8. You love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible what? Nine. The reward for trusting him will be what? This is the whole story that Peter was trying to tell. The most important thing to you is what? Your soul. Your soul. Your soul. What owns your soul? What owns it? What controls it? Your appetites, your desires, your thoughts. Your passions. What? Who owns it? Who owns it? Recent times, the messages I get from young men are almost the same. Five out of ten times is the same message. 
When I sleep in the night, I don't know why. I wake up and then I find out that I have wet myself. All kinds of sexual things happening in their subconscious is a sign that the soul, something is wrong. And of recent, I began to ask, what was your past like? Because if you have engaged in all kinds of things and appetites, sanctification is both instant and what? Continuous. And for each person, the duration or the success of sanctification is heavily dependent on your personal partnership. So God needs to break the hold of pornography over your soul. So even if you are not watching a game, your soul is familiar, your soul is porous. Satan will keep visiting to see whether that appetite has truly died. So you sleep and you have an erection. And you feel a sensation like you're having sex. Before you come, before you wake up in the morning, you, you, you notice that you have ejaculated. And you are wet. Everything, all kinds of nonsense things have happened to you. It's because there is a war going on for your soul. And you do not know that sanctification is warfare. It's a fight. Satan wants to take over your thoughts. He wants to take over your, your desires. He wants to take over your passions. If you have exposed your soul before to Satan's government, you are one that will need to fight that war and prove to Satan that he is no longer in charge. Next verse. The salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. 11. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. 12. They were told that their messages were not for themselves but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Therefore, this is what began verse 13. He now says, therefore. On the basis of this salvation of your soul that you are expecting, think what and do what? Are you following the reading now? Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Christ is revealed to the world. Self-control cannot be imparted. It must be exercised. Three things that will help your work with God in 2024. Work on your desire. Work on your devotion. Work on your discipline. What did I say? Number two. Number three. Work on your discipline. Your desire, your devotion, your dis discipline. Anything that controls your desire, anything that controls your devotion, or commands your de de devotion, that's the correct thing. Anything that controls your desire, anything that commands your devotion, and anything that punctures your discipline will rule your life. So it's either your life is being ruled by God or it's being ruined 
by Satan. The war is in your soul. Because in the expressing your desire, we will see the truth about your desire in how you spend your time. We will see the truth about your devotion in the things that you consistently prioritize. Devotion is not words, it's actions. And what is devotion? Devotion is just the revealing, the practical revelation of your love and loyalty. That's devotion. Whenever we look at your love and we look at your loyalty, we will know where your devotion lies. That's what devotion is. So he said, think clearly. Let your mind, don't be confused about these matters. This world is not the end of human life. Don't be confused. Don't let your mind be muddled up. There are things more important than Bedu. There are things more important than enjoyment. And I will show you Solomon. I will show you Demas. You will see that the problem with these two brothers, young men, was in their desire. They couldn't think clearly. And once you lose the ability to balance your thoughts you will lose the ability to control your actions. No self-control. Watch anything. Uh, listen to anything. Go anywhere. On social media, arguing and, and supporting madness that is happening. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus ate with sinners. Jesus ate with sinners. So Jesus invited sinners to come and preach in his crusade. We don't know the difference between showing men love in the bid to win them to Christ and fellowship. We don't know the difference. You know why? There's a, a secret craving. We can't say it publicly because if we say it the way it is inside our heart. Even the weakest amongst us we say this thing is of Satan. So we want to package it in the hope that it will satisfy a lost inside our hearts. A lost. So we don't we don't want to we don't want we don't want to publicly dance and 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 gyrate to demonic music. Eh? But we want to keep them around us. So they are in our phones. They're everywhere because there's a secret desire that we don't really want to submit to God. He said think clearly Exercise self-control. 14. 14. I will see where I can stop. So you must live as God's word. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to do what? You didn't know any better when? Remember he's speaking to who? Pilgrims. Believers. He says there's a possibility... This is where I will stop tonight and we will continue next week. There is no need to rush. There is a possibility for you to slip back into your old ways. And what is the signature of the old ways? You are no longer separated unto the will of God. You are living to satisfy what? Your own desires. 
What destroyed Demas's ministry? Huh? His desire. <laughs> you know what Demas fell in love with? This present world. Is that Second Timothy two or three? Is it two three ten? Four ten. Second Timothy four ten. Thank you. Four ten. Second Timothy four ten. Give me second Timothy fourteen. De- Demas has what? Deserted me because he did what? And has gone to where? King James says, having loved what? This present world. He says he loves the things of this life. Demas's destruction was in the unholy desires that had captured his heart. He left. He departed. He, dis- he forsook the man whom God had called him to serve. And when you ask him, what happened to you, Demas? He will have a good reason. But the truth about it is that there was there was a lust in his heart. I ask you again, brothers and sisters, what is your secret craving? You know the funny thing about this thing I'm trying to teach you tonight is men might not know what you are yearning after, but you can't hide it from spirits. God can see He knows it's not him you want. He knows that deep within your soul, there's an ambition that if it is not cured, you will destroy your life. Deep within your soul, he knows there's a lust for sex, sexual immorality. He sees it in your eyes when you are looking at so-called comedy and what they are talking about is women's breasts and buttocks. He sees it in your He sees the way your heart begins to race. He sees it. He sees it in when you, you, you meet your female colleague in the office or your classmate. And then she doesn't know that you are feasting on her with a greed for what God has forbidden. He sees you. So when you come with your songs, your sacrifices, he says, this is not a house of sacrifice. It's a house of communion. So men who will commune here, they must have first met the first law. is the law of compatibility. So when you come and raise a song, spirits are not listening to the sounds coming out of your lips. They are checking whether it is incense. Born from a heart that is of pure desires, pure motives, pure motives. You see me, bro? If I will give anything to a generation before I die, I have begged God, let it be a genuine hunger for Him. Genuine hunger. Nothing gives me greater joy than when I finish teaching and I get messages like, Sir, 
I heard you and I want God. Sometimes I've had to sit in my study and just weep. You didn't give me an offering, you didn't give me anything, but that testimony is proof that I have pleased God. That's my calling. What, what, what commands your devotion? What controls your desire? What has ability to time and time and time and again puncture your discipline? I, I, if you identify that thing, that thing is your God. And if you don't deal with that thing quickly, you will be around church for many years. You will not know God. He's a holy God, though. Let nobody, let nobody deceive you. The things that are, many things that are being celebrated in the Nigerian church, I have heard it announced in heaven as an abomination. I don't have the, the ranking in the body of Christ now to say certain things. And I don't have the, the permission from the one who sent me. But the day will come. Hmm? And those abominations, they will be announced on the mountain top. He told me, he said, the day will come, the things I've told you in secret, you will announce it. Abominations. And you know why? Those abominations look like things that are in order. It's because the character of God that is known as His holiness has been jettisoned. Theophilus has a song, he says, your weight is holiness. Your weight is holiness. That is what the Bible means when it says glorious in holiness. It's in Ecclesiastes, I think it's chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. I saw the secret to why Solomon nearly damaged his entire life. Let me find it. Yes, Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Verse 10 and 11. Look at Solomon. He said, Whatever my eyes desired, what happened? Because I wonder, how can a man, how many wives did Solomon marry? How many concubines? 1,000 women. Oga. That one is not desire for sex. That one is a proof that he had con no control over his appetite. It's when I saw this scripture, I now, I now understood what was Solomon's problem. He said, whatsoever my eyes desired, I would help not from them. So if he sees it and he likes it, once his soul yearns for it, he says, I must feed it. That's what has damaged many of you. Anything you see. One, one dangerous place for a believer right now is TikTok. Hmm. It's a den of madmen. Immorality is free. Free. Somebody can just wake up that that day they want to dance naked. And then you go and check. 
the naked video can have 3 million views and likes. Who is liking it? You think it's unbelievers? You are deceiving yourself. Who, who is watching it? You think it's unbelievers that are watching it? You don't know the truth. You don't know the truth. The reason many of us are on social media is because we know the space needs insecticide. You need to... So, you open your page and just allow your messages to be there that if by any means, some, some, some will be saved. Some. There are many things you are looking at now and the, the, the truth about the things you are pursuing is that your pursuit usually reflects your desire. Why are you investing your time? Look at the next verse. It says, I did not withhold my heart from what? Any pleasure. For my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was the reward of my life. Are you understanding what he's saying here? Hmm. He said, because I had money, I could buy anything that will give me pleasure. And then when people ask me, they'll say, how far now? They say, I can afford it. Shop your money. Oh. Have you heard that kind of thing before? Shop your money. Enjoy your life. Eh? You only live once. He said, this is the reward of my labor. Now me work the money, make a chop the money. Have you heard those kind of things you worry before? Say, I beg, I beg, I beg, I cannot come and kill myself. He said, this is the reward from all my labor. So I withheld no pleasure from my heart. Can I remind you? Eh? In Corinthians, I think it's the first book, the 10th chapter, the 23rd verse. Give it to me. Let's look at it amplified. We'll come back here. We'll come back here. Give me that 1 Corinthians 10, 23. I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, 23 now. Yes. Give me amplified. Do we have amplified? Give me amplified. All things are what? Legitimate. He now explains. Permissible and we are free to do anything we please. But not all things are what? Helpful. Expedient, profitable, and what? Wholesome. You can listen to any song you like. You can watch any movie you like. You can have any kind of friend you like. But that it is legitimate does not mean that it is what? Profitable. What value is he adding to your Christian life? They'll say, no, they are sadists. They are sadists. The Christians should have some entertainment. Don't worry. Conclave in February. The theme of the conclave is the narrow way. Or the way is narrow. Hmm? In that conclave, by the mercy of God, I'm going to deal with the matter of Christian entertainment and Christian entertainers. You will find that that theme does not exist in the Bible. 
It's either you are a minister or you are an entertainer. If you are an entertainer, then you are not in ministry. A Christian does not need entertainment. What are you doing with entertainment? Christian, and you see, just like there's something Pastor Efe said during the minister's conference that I brooded on, brooded on, brooded on, brooded on. And I asked myself, can I pass that kind of test? So the, many, the reason many people who are in Nollywood, Bollywood, Gallywood, even Worrywood, the reason many of them have not gotten born again is that even Christians don't want them to be saved. Because the day they get saved, the entertainment will end. There are brothers in church who like to look at breasts. The day that lady that is acting with half cleavage, they are not do again. Some brothers will pray her to continue. Where will their entertainment come from? They don't want them to be saved. Check now, check. Check. How many Christians really pray for these people? We don't pray. We want to watch them. Woe betide them if they get born again. Who will, who will feed our, our lust for entertainment? They better die on, on sale. Be- I thought about that thing for days. So it means that a generation can be holding a people hostage outside of the will of God because of a pleasure in their heart. He says, all things are legitimate, but not all things are what? Constructive. What is constructive? They don't help to build your character. And they do not edify what? Your spiritual life. On this holy journey until I am known, just to see your face and to know your way. My desire is to walk with you. Oh, on this holy journey until I am known, just to see your face and to know. On this holy journey until I am known. It's a holy journey, brethren. We don't have many desires. Our desires are once our one. Our appetite is one. It's either we have all of God or there's no need living. If I'm drawing breath and I can't travel in my relationship with God and God cannot get profit from my life, I better die. What is the use waking up every morning alive and God is not finding pleasure in me and I'm not finding pleasure in God? The epitome of the Christian life is to enjoy God. If you are not enjoying God, what are you doing in Christianity? For God's sake, Prayer is supposed to be sweet. That's why he called it his house. shall be called a house of prayer and praying men. 
praying. Go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Chapter 2. I think we just read verse 10. Let's read verse 11. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done. This is the same man that was saying, the reason I should enjoy, now because I don't work, I've worked, I should enjoy my labor. Later, when his senses came back, he went and looked at all the works of his hand. And then he came to a conclusion. He said, and indeed, all was what? Vanity. And grasping for the wind. There was no profit where. <laughs> oh God, don't waste your life. Don't let your soul appear at the day where Jesus Christ is revealed. And you found out that your soul wasted. You you wasted. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, I think it's verse 7. He says that the spirits, you mean the body shall return to the earth. And the spirit shall return to the one who gave it. The true one that resurrects is the soul. Is the soul. The soul. First John chapter 2 and verse 15. Let me close there tonight. Demas, having loved this present world, many of you have been seduced by this world. Seduced by the world's fame. Seduced by the world's mammon. Seduced by sex. Seduced by comfort. Solomon said, after I checked everything, I found out that everything was grasping of the wind. You can't catch wind. It's an aimless, futile effort. What has seduced your soul? I want to leave those two questions with you tonight. What is your secret craving? This is just the first week in January. Deal with it now before it destroys you. Secret craving for sex that is pushing you to pornography, pushing you to homosexuality, pushing you to lesbianism, pushing you into all kinds of things. Sit yourself down and tell yourself the truth. There is something wrong with my appetites. They are unholy. I am separated from sin, but I have a secret desire. Secret desire that Satan can always capitalize on to puncture my discipline, to command my devotion, and to control my appetites. If these three areas of your life are consecrated. You will be a powerful instrument unto God. He said, do not love the world or the things in the world. So there is the world and there is the world's things. It is these things that the world uses to seduce those who have been separated from sin. These things. No wonder John recorded in scripture that Jesus was praying. He said, my father, my prayer is not that you will take them out of the world. What book of John is that? Is that 12? 17, yes. My prayer is not that you will take them out of the world. He said, but keep them from evil. Keep them 
Because the world has things. And the world is deliberate. The world has patterns. The world has principles. The world has systems. The world has its own appetites. Many are slaves. That's how people began to masturbate. That's how you entered into a relationship that has destroyed you. A pastor say, uh, when, when you move in the anointing, hmm, that they've noticed, it's not one, oh, two, three, many. Say, after moving in the anointing, you begin to feel like having sex. After moving in the anointing. They're trying to justify the fact that many so-called people with colors, people who name the name of the Lord cannot control their sexual appetite. They finish preaching. Then they go to their hotel room and sleep with protocol, female protocol officers, sleep with women in the hotel room, watch pornography, and do all kinds of things to justify it now. They blame it on the anointing. Say, if you've ever moved in the anointing, there are sometimes you move in the... Even a female minister came to corroborate it. Say, no, no, no. There's a way you feel after you've been used by God. God. Ah. <laughs> ah. Hey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a reason it's called the holy fire, the holy presence. May the day not come that God will be killing men. That day he will be righteous. Because he has given every man the opportunity. You move in the anointing, then you go and fornicate. In some cases, commit adultery, married people. And come and preach. You know why? There is an unholy desire. We, we refuse to tell ourselves the truth. There is something, there is an abomination you are craving for. But you don't want to come out and say it. Because if you say it, we, we know that there is something wrong with you. So you are pampering it. May men not end like them as. Look at Solomon's life. The women that he amassed unto himself, the Bible says, they turned his heart away from the Lord. Go back to First John 2. Let me read verse 16, 17, then we close. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the loss of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Bow your heads. My desire, my desire, my desire is to master on this holy journey. Yeah.
minute. If I were you, I would cry out. Daddy, don't allow me fall in love with what will kill me. Don't let me love what will destroy me. If Solomon had known that what his eyes desired will destroy him, he would never have pursued it. Can you beg the Lord? No matter how bad I want it, don't give it to me. Don't let me, oh my God.
God for me. While we are trying to wrap up tonight, I don't know, since, since after the choir ministration, I've been feeling a strong weight of glory. And it's because we are talking about His holiness, how He loves men talking about His holiness. You are here tonight and you know, you know an unholy desire is lurking in your soul. You know. I'm not saying you are guessing. You know. When you are alone, the thing begins to manifest. And you are fighting. You don't need to fight alone. We want to join hands and pray with you. Before you destroy yourself again, 2024 can be a year full of desire for God. Full of devotion to the Holy One. Full of discipline that characterizes true Christian experience. Wherever you are, run to the front now. Hi. There's a young man in our midst. I'm beginning to see things now. There's a young man in our midst. Whether you're in the hall or you are online, the Lord is speaking to me about you now. A strange desire for little, little girls. Little, little girls. The devil is trying to make you a pedophile. You are fighting. You've been fighting. He wants to bring you deliverance. You cannot be a single sister and only be in love with married men. There's something wrong. Or it's when you hear that the man is a pastor. Then sexual desire begins to rise in your soul. You only want to have sex with pastors. Dear young lady, is Satan trying to make you a slave? Surrendering all. Those of you that are in front, Call the team by his name. Call it by his name. Jesus is listening to you. Call it by his name. If you're online, you don't need to write it. Go to your room in your paddock. Call that desire by his name. And bury it here. I'm desperate for you. Bear the desire. I am not your slave. I am separated from sin. And I am separated unto God. Wherever you are, this is 2024. Surrender all. Surrender your body. Surrender your money. Surrender your time. Surrender all. I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for you.
into adultery. You know. But you've been pampering it. A male relationship in your life. You've been pampering it. I bring you warning from Jesus. If you don't put that thing to end in the coming days, Satan will use it to destroy your marriage. The way your husband will find out, your home will scatter. You've not done anything with him now. I bring you warning from Jesus. From Jesus. Father, we pray for our brothers and our sisters. Every unholy desire that has become a landing pad in the spirit for the things of this world to seduce their souls. Lord, we are brought to tonight. As a church, we labor over them in prayer. And we say that their souls are set free. 
Whatever they've confessed before you, whatever they've rejected, renounced, and repented of, Lord, tonight it will never raise head again. They begin a holy journey with you. And at the appointed time, they will see you face to face. Thank you for strength. You told us in 2024 that we are helped of the Spirit. Carry these ones on the wings of the Spirit. And let it be well with them all the days of their lives. In Jesus' name. You can go to your seat. The rest of us, there are some of you that need to, you've been separated from sin, but you have not made the commitment to be separated to the will of God. Place your hand on your chest where you are. If you are in that category, and tell the Lord, this year, I do your will. What you want to do with my life, my life is yours. Pray quickly now. Pray quickly. Pray quickly. Pray quickly. 